the banks have got a completely lost battle here because they are beginning to use blockchain for their uh, day-to-day activities while at the same time saying oh we don't know bitcoin no 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 um and that's a that's a bit naughty really hello and welcome back to the crypto standard podcast where we take the cryptic out of crypto okay today we're mixing it up a little and we're joined by temple melville who's the ceo of scottcoin yes as in scotland we invited temple on as we are curious what the project is and how it all works. Tempo is a mathematician and studied economics. So this is a really interesting chat about the overall crypto industry as well. I have to emphasize here that we are in no way promoting Scottcoin nor working with them. And of course, nothing we say is financial advice. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jim. And me, Jay. Jay, I went out last night and I went to a Freddie Mercury and Queen tribute band in the Whitehall Theatre in Dundee and it was brilliant. (laughs) I've seen the videos on uh, Twitter that you put up. (laughs) It was just so good. The guy, they were just great. It It was just one of those hours of just, you could forget... Russia, Ukraine, crypto, <laughs> pilot exams, the whole lot. And they're just giving it, you know, Radio Gaga. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Anyway, that just shows you what, what can pop up in Scotland. And today, on that segue, one thing that has popped up in Scotland is Scotcoin. And I kind of know about it, Jordan. I know it's on the fringes, but I'm I'm excited to find out more. And today's guest is Temple Melville. And Temple Melville is Temple. Are you the CEO of Scottcoin? I am Scottcoin Project CIC. Yes, that's me. And well, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Where are you today? Well, I'm actually in a place called East Anglia down south. I was I just travelled down here yesterday, uh, but I'll be travelling back in the not too future um but uh we've we've got real wind down here so i know you've had mm. it up there and but i missed it yesterday fortunately but it's really really windy here today it's it's really weird that i've just watched sky news there and the the, the head of all the, the national rail saying don't travel don't travel by rail etc and my daughter she's a cabin crew with british airways she took off this morning at six o'clock over to to germany and they're now stranded over there because they can't come back because they can't land at Heathrow. And I'm like, won't, why won't did you take them. off? Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, it's really quite weird. I mean, the other thing that was really interesting yesterday is I was traveling down. Uh, there was an announcement after every stop, which said, if you are, why somebody being on the train would know this, I don't know. But it, saying if, you ha- if you're supposed to be traveling on Friday, uh, you can travel today without any problem or Saturday, depending on what you've got. So I, I'm guessing there'll be quite a lot of trains that simply don't run, um, yeah. you know, today at all. Um, so well, we shall have to see. But it, I mean, the British love this. They love, you know, a, a yes. crisis with weather and a crisis with snow and, you know, wind. Oh, wonderful stuff. And it, it's, it's, you know, we, if we didn't have the weather, we'd have nothing to talk about. 
I know it's all that like, it creates so much drama, doesn't it? Oh, unbelievable! Yes, yes, and of course the world famous—I've forgotten his name now—but the guy who didn't predict the 1987 tornado. That's right. He was, he was told that it was a tornado coming, and he said, "I can promise you, it isn't." <laughs> he absolutely ripped through everything. Wonderful. Uh, he he never recovered from that. Did never he? recovered. Never recovered. <laughs> okay, so I guess Jordan, you probably want to kick off because. We've had a chat around Scott Coin and we kind of don't understand it, but... Yeah, um, I think what we should do first is get to know Temple. How did you how did you get into cryptocurrency and get involved with Scott Coin? Well, in reality, it goes back a very long way to when I was at university. And one of the subjects I did was mathematics. And in amongst that mathematics module although in those days, of course, it wasn't called a module, um, uh, was a thing to do with cryptography. And so I got quite interested in that and uh, I enjoyed it and so on and so on and so on. So I then started my business life and went along. And then we got to about 2009, 2010. And all of a sudden there was the white paper from Satoshi Nakamoto about, um, you know, peer-to-peer transfers. And um, I'm probably one of the few people who's actually read the whole thing. But anyway, um, the point is that it was obvious it was a cryptographic uh, equation. Uh, it was obvious that it was very secure. Uh, and it was obvious that it was, as he said, peer-to-peer, i.e. there's nobody in the middle. Uh, and that's that's really the most important point about blockchains. There is nobody in the middle. It's you can, I mean, I can send to you and it goes straight to you and, you know, that that sort of thing. So that's my original interest. And, and I, I, you know, everybody's got the same story. I bought Bitcoin when it was about $100 and it got up to $500 and I sold them because I knew it would never go any more than that. <laughs> and I've done that about four or five times over the period. And I'm still wrong. So, you know, what the hell? Um, uh, but the, the interesting thing about it was that it was quite clear that there was a, an adoption path that was happening. Um, and that continues to this day. I mean, one of the things I like particularly much is if you go back sort of two and a half years or so, there was only something like 58 million wallets, crypto wallets in the world. Nowadays, there's just under 400 million. It may be over 400 million now. So that's a huge increase. Uh, it's not all Bitcoin, obviously, but Bitcoin is the big daddy. If you like, it's the reserve bank of uh, crypto. Um, and um, uh, it's, it's a real it's a real thing. It's a real uh, way that people transfer value. And that, that, again, that's another very important point. The blockchain is how you transfer value. Uh, you know, the, the internet gave us the uh, ability to transfer knowledge, um, but the blockchain gives us the ability to transfer value or hold value as the case may be. So that's how I got originally interested. And then, uh, in fact, um, ScotCoin was started um, in 2013 uh, with a view to uh, perhaps helping if the referendum had been won in 2014. Um, now, before we go any further, I have to say we're an apolitical organization. We're not in any way associated with Scottish government or SNP or anything like that. We just want people to be better off in Scotland. Interesting. So, um, there we have uh, uh, the referendum was then lost. Uh, the person who started the Scott Coin blockchain decided that he 
could, he was only a one-man band anyway, so he just couldn't continue himself. Um, so he actually uh, moved the, he did it what's called a migration from what we call V1, which is what he had created, to V2. And V2 was on a protocol called counterparty protocol. And that was that was very good from his point of view because it meant he didn't have to do any of the uh, validation or anything else ever again. Um, and that's when we got involved was when that change was taking place or should have taken place and so on. Um, and the, so that was sort of 2015. And we actually took over the IP and the what I would describe as the loose loose coins uh, in early 2016. So that's how we the present management got involved was at that time then. Interesting. So taking you back to mathematics, um, I'm actually, so I'm doing my private pilot's license just now. And one of the Ooh. things, I'm, one of the things I came up against last week was Sokotoa in terms of, <laughs> so you're, you're flying from A to B and the wind, the wind uh, creates drift and you go six degrees off angle. So you, where should you have what 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 flight what heading have you got to fly back <laughs> onto and work out that degree? And there's like soccer tour. It took me straight back to like you know um, higher mathematics, and yeah. then I, st and I started to sweat because I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> You're giving me nightmares right now. Is that like the sin cost hand? I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it's wonderful but, stuff. Wonderful it's wonderful stuff. stuff. But the interesting thing is, I think people forget temple is that when people just go, oh, it's crypto. As you say, it's just this weird word that's got so many connotations that are pejorative and negative these days, but it's actually built in mathematics, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely mathematics. And, and the, well, there's two things I want to say about that. The first point is, of course, in a sense, if you hold crypto, there is no reason for you to understand how it works. It is purely, it's like a telephone. I have no idea how a telephone works, but I can make a phone call. So in the same way, if you hold crypto, you can send it to somebody, buy it, sell it. You can do it like that, but you don't need to necessarily know how it works. Yeah. Of course, people are interested to know how it works. That's a different matter, but there's no necessity for it. Uh, it's a bit like stocks and shares. You don't need to know how the stock market works to be able to buy and sell shares. Yeah. Um, so that's my first point about that. But the second point is that I think people genuinely are becoming more interested in crypto as we go through time because they're realizing that in fact um, uh, crypto as such is inherently extremely safe what is not safe are the exchanges and individual places because there is only one point of attack and you're always hearing about a hack of this or a hack of that but it's not the blockchain it's nothing to do with the blockchain the blockchain is inviolate and I, I, I always like to, I, I give talks quite often about different things. And one of the things that people always come up to, you know, how safe is it? How safe is the blockchain? And I say, well, you know, um, how about one grain of sand in the Sahara Desert? Do you think that's safe enough? And they say, oh, no, no, no. no. One, one grain of sand in the world. Well, hmm, one grain of sand in the Milky Way. How about that? Oh, no, that would be fine. Okay, say, so well, take one grain of sand in the entire universe. And it's actually more than that. So, you know, it's pretty good, really. Mm. And I, and I, th I think that's, that, if anything, that's one of my main messages to people. The blockchains themselves are inherently safe. We've stayed on cryptocurrency. Let's shift it a little bit more towards what is Scotcoin? Because all our listeners know we are Scottish. So we're 
we're intrigued to hear what is Scotcoin. So can you give a, a quick summary of what exactly it is? No problem at all. Scotcoin is very simply a digital currency. Uh, it's, it, you know, its name's on the tin, Scott. Uh, we are intending, and we do already do, quite a lot of good works in Scotland and beyond. Uh, we're very keen on uh, green initiatives. We've got a lot of initiatives for carbon capture and carbon sequestration and so on. Uh, and all these things are, you know, good for us. They're good for Scotland. They're good for the world. And that has to be a good thing. Uh, the, uh, I mean, one of the little stories I like to tell um, is relatively recently, there was a, a manufacturer of uh, tracksuits down south. And as with all manufacturing clothes people, they had a, an issue with their, uh, they'd either made too much or they'd done it wrong or something anyway. And they were literally going to burn them. And of course, that's a that's a waste of resources, uh, and b it's not very good for the planet. Um, so we approached them and we said, okay, we will buy these from you uh, in exchange for Scott coin. And after a bit of toing and froing, they saw the logic of that, and they saw how that was better. You know, it was a win-win. They weren't going to pay the money to get them burned, uh, and so on and so on and so on. And we then shipped them up to Emmaus in Glasgow, um, who you know obviously used them for people that needed them. And that, you know, that's that's what we do. We try to we try to make things better for people who are in need. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of different things involved, but that's a very good example of, of, of how things work. OK, so I get that kind of altruistic philanthropic side. But in terms of the actual coin itself, so, you, so it's set it up as a, a, a kick, which is CIC, isn't it? That's a company. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I need to just give you a little bit more background on that. The, the, there's two sides to it. One is Scott Coin, which is the coin. Yeah. And then we have, uh, which is what we set up, which is the Scott Coin Project CIC, Community Interest Company. Yeah. And uh, the whole point is that, if you like, Scott Coin is the fuel to do stuff. And Scott Coin Project CIC is the educational and philanthropic arm of Scott Coin. Yeah. Um, and so uh, anybody who's out there who's interested in getting some Scott coin because they're doing good things, get in touch. We'd be delighted to talk it through with you, see what we can do to be helpful, because that's what we're in the business of. And, and so going back to the coin, then, um, I take it there'll be a circulating supply. Yes. Is it is it built on like the Ethereum blockchain or? It is. It's an what they call an ERC20 uh, token which is on the Ethereum network. Uh, we have been verified by Etherscan. Uh, we have been um, code audited by people called Hacken. Hacken are the leading uh, code auditing company in the world, really. Uh, we had their highest rating. Uh, and um, we've also had uh, third-party um, audits done for you know, everything else you can think of in terms of security. Um, so that's all in, all in place. Um, and yeah, I mean, you'll know, I'm sure ERC20 tokens are by far and away the biggest number of uh, tokens in the world. I mean, there's, I mean, there's 20, 30,000, I think, on it, more maybe now, I don't know. And how, how does, how does Scotcoin work in terms of governance? Does it have, you know, is there, is there a, you know, because we are, we are big fans of Cardano and we, we love what Charles Hoskinson, another mathematician who, who has built Cardano and Haskell, he's, 
he's extremely precious about making sure that as Cardano starts to scale, the governance side of it is really, really strict. There's no rug pulls. No one's getting ripped off. There's no centralized committee making decisions on when when coins will be released. And, and Jordan and I have had um, bad experiences of that with other with other projects. What, how how does that work with Scott Coin? Well, uh, before, before I tell you, the short answer is that it is still the Wild West and it will be the Wild West for some years to come. Yeah. But uh, just in terms of Scott Coin, the first point is that all the people who are large holders have signed agreements not to sell for at least one year after the uh, IEO initial exchange offering. Uh, the same thing applies to what I call the Treasury, which is the unissued stock. Uh, and we've also got a uh, covenant in the um, terms and conditions of the of the CIC, which says no more than a certain number will be released each year. Quite a small number, in fact, to do good, and maybe and maybe not maybe not at all. Um, moving on from that specific thing, we have an advisory board of, of I think very good people, uh, and we also have the intention, um, as and when we. Uh, uh, you know, once we've gone on the exchange and once we've sorted all these things out, uh, we're going to have a, a new setup for uh, ownership and so on of uh, TSP and one thing or another. So all that all that takes it away uh, from the, uh, the people who've set it up. Let's put it that way. It takes it away from us um, and uh, puts it in the hands of the man in the street, if you like. And in terms of, sorry, Jordan, let me just move in here again. In terms of, so if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin sits there very decentralized and it has um, pretty stalwart developers. Mm. Is, is, is Scott coin like a Dogecoin that's sitting there or has it got active developers and how, how are they recompensed? We, we, well, we, we recompense them partly in cash and sometimes in Scott coin. It depends. Uh, for just as an example, um, the PR company that uh, is now with us called Frame, who are big company uh they take uh, scott coin for what we do what they do for us um similarly the accountants who are specifically crypto orientated take crypto from us take take scott coin from us um uh the i mean the work that we are doing at the moment is isn't uh, obviously not related to the blockchain per se for the simple reason that you know ethereum does the whole thing um and you just have to pay fees but uh, we have a thing called scottscan.io um, and you can go to scottscan.io and you can sign up and you get an at Scott address, of course you do. And um, you can then transfer, uh, you know, between each other for free. There's no gas fees. They're instantaneous. Uh, it makes life very simple. And that was one of the projects that we developed um, uh, and we're, we're still developing. There's still work to be done. But, uh, you know, that's ongoing. Uh, and we have another uh, project which is ongoing, which is going to be like a gum tree for particularly the third sector for charities and so on. Um, and again, I always describe it as, you know, somebody gets given a whole set of tables and chairs or whatever, and they only want two of the chairs and half the table. Um, what do they do with the rest? You know, a lot of the time they just throw it in the bin. But with using this app uh, uh, or website, whatever, um, it's going to be entirely possible that you as a, a charity will put up your whatever it is you have in excess of what you require. 
and somebody else will come along and say that's great i'll take that thank you very much and that's that's the way we see it wow have you spoken to scottish i take it at some point you you've, you guys or somebody's spoken to the scottish government about it we did we spoke to them about um i'm not just too sure now i think it's about three years ago um and uh, the 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 big issue we had was that uh, they, of course, uh, it's not a devolved power, so they can't actually do anything about a currency. Um, they could have done, as we suggested, uh, create a sovereign wealth fund, for lack of a better expression. Um, and uh, that was certainly something that was discussed. The issue that seemed to arise, and it would be, I think, still possible to get around it, was that if you give something to people who are on benefits, that is going to affect their benefits. And this is a you know quite a difficult situation to be involved with. Hence, it's better from our point of view not to actually hand out um, you know, currency or money or whatever you want to call it. It's much better to do something with the coin, like the tracksuits or whatever it might be. Um, and uh, you know, then nobody's in getting into any trouble with anything like that. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I mean we do we have uh, you know contacts with the with Scottish government and we're always open to talk um, and um, you know and it may be that they decide that it's a good thing and they come back to us I don't know I would love do you know what I would really like I would love the Scottish government to say we've got a well it's not only the Scottish government it's the local councils as well we've got a whole lot of um, allotments all over Scotland uh, and the rent for the allotments is pennies literally it's nothing hardly uh, we want all the allotments to be paid for in Scott coin and it would cost them nothing. Uh, it would, it would make their um, supervision of them much, much less. Uh, wouldn't be any cost to them at all. And, you know, it would be great. And that would be, a, that would be a, a positive step and a, a proper way in to get started. So I would love that, but I think it's unlikely to happen in the short term. So I'm trying to get my head around it still. <laughs> um, the value, so at the moment, Scotcoin, does it have a value at the moment? I see it as you're giving it out to people for like the tracksuits and everything else, but are they seeing, from their side, are they seeing this as valuable or are they just kind of like accumulating right now that it will have value in the future? I think there's two answers to that. The first is that, I mean, if we just take the tracksuit people as an example, um, they took the view that they were getting something which was actually going to cost them money. It wasn't going to cost them money. They were getting something which they could see would be valuable. Now, the point is, once you've got the Scott coin as, the, as those tracksuit people, you don't have to, you know, you can keep it, you can sell it, you can exchange it. Or you can use it as part of your own ecosystem as a, an added bonus. So, just again making it up um we are uh in conjunction with uh, better internet search which is another very fine scottish company um they are um uh using though they're good they are using scott coin as their native coin so you as a user of better internet search will get given scott coin now the people who are given the scott coin have a choice they can keep it they can sell it they can do what they like with it, or they can give it to a charity. Uh, and actually, one of the charities, or some of the charities we're working very much with are, are, are people to do with carbon sequestration. Uh, 
and uh, better internet search is very keen in the same way as we are on uh, green initiatives uh, so that's that's how it is i mean you can if you like you can pluck any number you like out the air at the moment because it's not on an exchange although it will be quite shortly um and then obviously it'll be that will be the rate of exchange simple as that um which but we, we we've been we we were we were selling scott coin at uh 50 pounds per thousand so in other words 5p uh up until relatively recently but we've we've stopped selling at the moment which exchange are you going to go on it's going to be probit global uh who are very nice they actually um they actually came to see us which i thought was pretty big of them really um and we've also had words with la token but we're not quite so keen on them uh but probit global's people are really nice we really like them uh, I'm going to bring the conversation back. So I looked on the website for. I assume this gets or this will get released uh, upon the ICO. Is the white paper? Yeah. Is, will Will Scott Coin have a white paper? I couldn't find one. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean the white paper. The white paper is uh, uh, and has been in production for some months. Um, one of the things that we think. Not necessarily correctly, but we think is that when if we're doing a white paper, we should have uh, all the information that's relevant in it. If you look at a lot of white papers, they're they're pretty light on information and they're pretty light on tokenization and all the rest of it. Um, and um, there's an awful lot that uh, we have to get cleared, and we have been getting cleared by lawyers um, and so on. Uh, I mean, our white paper is going to run to about thirty pages, uh, and that's the cut down version. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm perennially getting, uh, you know, four and five page white papers, which really don't tell you anything. They just say we're wonderful and we're going to do this. And that's it almost. And we don't think that's right. We think that people should know, um, you know, everything that we know, if you like, when that point comes. And that's what we're working on as we speak. Uh, and uh, in fact, no, no later than this morning, I had a discussion with uh, uh, some people who are working on it um, and we changed some of the wording and we changed some of the um, stressing on it and so on and so on and so on. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a much bigger undertaking than people realize. And of course, the whole point is that we, we you know, we may say, well, the opening price is X. Uh, we don't know what the price is going to be on day two, but if we've done our job right, we've told people all the right things and so on and so on and so on, they'll be much more keen to, to hold on and to do more and do more with the coin and all the rest of it. So have you been watching what's taking place in El Salvador? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, one of the things always to remember is that, Bit I mean, Bitcoin's only like 12 years old maximum. Um, and, you know, other institutions and so on have been around for hundreds of years. And they're, they're you know, they're fighting back. The banks, the banks have got a completely lost battle here because, they are beginning to use blockchain for um, uh, their day-to-day uh, -day activities, while at the same time saying, "Oh, we don't know Bitcoin." No, 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 no. Um, and that's a, that's a bit naughty, really. Um, but the other thing too about that is, if you if you talk about uh, well, the part one of the reasons that uh, uh, Bitcoin started was was because of the two thousand and eight bank crashes. I mean, lots of people were literally wiped out completely by it. Um, because, I mean, for example, in Cyprus, one of the banks uh, was completely token over for free. 
And even the depositors didn't get anything. I mean, I, I know someone who had a million pounds in a bank in Cyprus and he got not one penny. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have a couple of Bitcoin tuffed away somewhere and see what we can do. But the thing about El Salvador I find most interesting is that uh, Salvador started out um, and had banks, uh, bank accounts set up and so on. And that's fine. Um, and there was about 1.8 million of them over 20 years. Um, and then along comes Bitcoin and they've got three and a half million people with Bitcoin wallets. Uh, now, there is three and a half million people who were effectively unbanked or completely unbanked. And suddenly they've got the ability to do stuff. And that's, you know, I, that's a wonderful thing to do for people, to give them empower. I mean, it's the usual word, empower them to do something. And if you, if, you know, if you just think about it, that's uh, that's three and a half million people who are, I'm quite sure feel, you know, prouder to be El Salvadorian than they did before. Uh, it's a it's a very interesting, and of course, there's lots of people saying, "Oh, it's a disaster," and it's this and that. And of course, it's bound to be. Um, you know, and again, as ever, we'll look back in ten years' time and say, "Gosh, what a good idea they had." How how does that make you feel, Tempo? So, so Jordan and I get frustrated sometimes in Scotland because we, as a country, we've got no money, we borrow, and we're about to. If we want to become independent, we're going to go and join the EU and borrow more money from Christine Lagarde. <laughs> so. Um, Pre President yeah. Bukele has basically said, I've been borrowing from the IMF for a long time and all the strings that come with that through the USA and the US dollar, etc. I'm going to go and do more. And he's a young guy. Now, he's either going to jump in a plane one day and go somewhere, somewhere with thousands of Bitcoin or he's going to create prosperity for his country. So as an experiment, does it ever frustrate you when you look at Scotland and think, actually, we, we could run that side experiment as well? Yeah, no, we could. And we've got one or two projects. And the, the one thing I have to say is it, it, it takes a long time to get certain things done right. And I, I stress done right, because you can do a lot of things and they just, you know, go off half cocked or whatever. But uh, I'm sure you all both know, and I guess many of your listeners will know about VIR, W-I-R, which is in Switzerland. Now, VIR is a cryptocurrency, which just means an alternative, really. Uh, which has been going since the 1930s. And the reason wow. it started is because, uh, you know, nobody in the 1930s had any money. There was no liquidity anywhere. And the good burghers of Zurich said, well, if we're going to survive this, we have to have some means of transferring value. We, you know, they couldn't go to the bank. They couldn't get Swiss francs. We need something to be able to pass between ourselves to, to make this work. And they set up Veer. Now, Veer actually means we in German, which I like. And it also it also is a big, long German three words, which I can't remember. Um, but the point is that what, what it did was it enabled those people who joined it in the early days to trade between themselves. And they would not have been able to do so uh, had they not created Veer. Now, time goes on. Veer is very much still with us. Veer today uh, has, um, I think, 70,000 businesses in Switzerland take it. Six or 700,000 Swiss people hold it. And it turns over, I don't know, 7 billion Swiss francs a year or something. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's about a 2%, 2.5%, um, uh, you know, plus to the, to the Swiss economy. And the lovely thing about Veer is, um, and I, I always say this when I'm talking about it, you go into a shop. 
And it's not either or. You're not either paying in beer or the Swiss franc. You go in, you say, I want that sofa, please. And the man says, that's fine. That's a thousand Swiss francs. And you say, I'm very sorry. I've only got 700, but I've got 300 here. And he says, that's fine. Just transfer them over. Bang. Delivers the sofa. That's it. And he then goes to his suppliers and says, you know, uh, I'm owe you 500 Swiss francs. Here's 300 Vier and 200 Swiss francs or whatever it might be. And that, of course, is entirely what the economy needs. It needs money moving around. Mm. And that uh, is something that we can do very, very easily with ScotCoin. Uh, and we very definitely want to do it. I would, here's, love, I would love to. I would love to be the sort of veer of Scotland. I think that would be wonderful. Here's here's two reasons why I think we will struggle with something like that. Number one is the small small nation mentality that Scotland has in terms of its internal politics. But number two, and here's one I think that people people forget or don't know about is the amount of multi-millionaires and billionaires that have the Scottish government's ear, who live in Scotland, who live in Monaco, etc. And they have they have Nicola Sturgeon, John Swinney's ear. And as a result of that, when you come up with, you do your presentation and say, here's what ScotCoin be, they run it by them and they go, no, no, it's not, because <laughs> it doesn't suit them, does it? Because it's not well, their that's baby. A, that's, a, that's always the case. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you do, there's always be someone who's a naysayer. And I take your point, I think you're, possibly correct but I, I think the real point is that um uh we we have found that people are uh because what we're trying to do is to help uh people uh, on the street if you like um i mean you know something like 200 people died on the street in scotland in the last couple of years i mean that's absolutely appalling i mean why 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 in our country does that happen uh, you know, there's people who are short of food, there's people who have got fuel poverty, there's people who've got housing poverty. All these things should be addressed. And at the end of the day, uh, if our said billionaires and millionaires don't want to address that, then we have to, somebody has to. Uh, and whether that's going to be the Scottish government, which, to be honest, uh, I'm not sure about, um, or it has to be some kind of uh, charitable organisation and and and. I, I'm I'm very very sure in my own mind that uh, when people uh, accept that these things need to change, because um, a lot of them think, oh, it's nothing to do with me, but it is. It's to do with all of us. It really is. Uh, and it, uh, you know, th there's this wonderful thing with do a little, do a lot, or whatever it's called, uh, change a little, do a lot. Sorry, uh, and that's very true. I mean, I strongly believe that uh, you know people will buy into um, doing things better. As simple as that. So, so I've got a, a letter to the Scottish government coming out in the Bitcoin magazine on Monday, and it's to start the debate around Scotland buying Bitcoin as part of a sovereign wealth fund, because I believe that they should be thinking about this or at least discussing it. Mm -hmm. So for the future, how do you see, how do you see it playing out? Do you see us holding Bitcoin having a stable coin on the side and then also having Scott coin? Or do you see it, how do you see it playing out with all the different cryptocurrencies in Scotland? I think, I think there's, a, there's a, a couple of, as you say, a couple of paths that we might go down here. Um, the first is um, 
certainly as things stand, I don't think the Scottish government could have anything very much to do with crypto because it's just not, uh, you know, they don't they don't have that devolved power. Um, that said, uh, I think that there is an argument uh, for um, local authorities in particular to be involved with Bitcoin. I mean, there's things like Florida, Florida and various other places in the States that have had a wonderful resurgence by using uh, cryptocurrency within their, uh, if you like, within their ecosystem. And I strongly believe that we could do that without any problem here in Scotland. Um, uh, and I, if you go a bit further down the line, then I, I, I inherently, I think stable coins are a good idea because uh, one of the things is that it costs fortunes to send money anyway. Um, and there's always somebody in, or two or three people in the middle taking a clip out of it. So if you use cryptocurrency, no, you don't. You haven't got a clip. It's me to you, full stop, end of story. Um, and that being the case, then we should be uh, encouraging people to uh, look at transferring value in that way and using a, a, a and I'm going to use the word government backed stablecoin because it would probably have to be um would be a very good thing but that wouldn't preclude either bitcoin or uh, well i mean assuming everybody doesn't ban everything to do with crypto um that wouldn't preclude bitcoin or scotcoin being you know um side issues side parts as it were of, of the toll uh and uh, you know one of the things about scotland is that it's it's it needs uh as does the whole of the uk it needs a lot of investment uh, and it needs a lot of people who are prepared to invest their time, to invest their money, to invest all sorts of things. And Scotcoin is one of the avenues that that can happen. Uh, so I'm very, I'm very, um, what's the word, bullish about the future of cryptocurrencies within Scotland, uh, because I think it could, it could give us, uh, in the same way that the um, attitude we have to fintechs in Scotland uh, could give us a very good uh, future. I think in the same way, uh, cryptocurrencies could give us a very good future in Scotland. You you mentioned the word, used the word ban there, and mm. many of us are watching what's going on in Canada right now mm. with the truckers and the fact that the, the, the government in Canada are coming down and literally switching off the, the sort codes of uh, certain individuals and certain companies are threatening to do so, and also with exchanges. Mm. So... Do you think this is a more this is a wider question? Do you think as as Bitcoin grows, as specific cryptocurrencies grow, and even with the introduction of Scotcoin coming on ex an exchange, do you think at some point governments are going to get if they don't want to learn, then they just become terrified? Will try and ban or switch or re over regulate it, which will cause people like me and Jordan to pack our bags and go to places like Portugal and El Salvador. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I, I, I genuinely think that's true. And, and let, let's be honest, the people who are interested in crypto are probably uh, all much more um, self-reliant, independent, and uh, in fact, capable of doing stuff. And the last thing we need in Scotland is to lose more people. I mean, that's been our problem all along, all the sort of best and brightest all disappear over the actually funnily enough i must just tell you this it's a, it's a bit naughty but there you go um the person who started scott coined back in 2013 was a chap who was very keen on scottish independence where does he live 
Malaga. And he's lived there for 20 odd years. And I, I remember saying to him, well, well you know, oh, I said, now the weather's nice. I'd much prefer it here. You know, <laughs> you're, yeah. le- you're leaving all us to the rain and wind and all the rest of it, but yeah. you're going to stay in Malaga. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm a bit I'm a bit sort of dubious about those sort of. But anyway, um, no, I think I think uh, I mean, the, the, mind you, I, I think the Canadian government has messed up massively over the whole of this. I don't think it's just a. Uh, an issue of one thing or another and it's a just a total shambles um but yeah i mean i think i think it could happen that people will uh, i mean you know china's kind of done it india kind of did it and then they stepped back from it um because they realized it was really important and the other thing is how do you how do you stop 10 million or 20 million or 100 million people from doing something yeah it's very difficult um uh you know and there's always if there's if there's money in it there's always going to be one country or two countries that will um you know welcome it uh you know the, the, like russia uh, sorry china banning all the mining people and one to another half of them have gone to america the other half have gone somewhere else you know it's not gonna it's not gonna disappear overnight it's interesting, um, it's interesting listening to you talking and i was thinking about bottom up earlier on as opposed mm. to top down and Jordan and I are big fans of a, a cryptocurrency project called Reserve Protocol. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reserve has created a stable coin and a mechanism to, to have a, a um, another coin that sits beside that that creates value. It's like a checking account and a savings account. And it is huge in Venezuela and mm. getting bigger and bigger. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, you know, and the same, I'm, I'm actually sure that for example in turkey there's lots and lots of people suddenly using bitcoin to exchange and do things and maybe other coins as well i mean you know everybody wants their own space and if your own space gets taken away from you by your government or your whatever it is you're going to do something to get it back whatever it might be uh, and i think you know you're saying about venezuela well venezuela's had a lot of problems and it, it's maybe maybe beginning to turn the corner a little bit um you know it, it t- doesn't take very much to to bring things to a better pass shall we say yeah. uh so yeah no i mean i'm 100 percent with you it's very necessary that we that we don't ban or turn off or whatever i do believe in regulation i think it's very important uh you know uh, we need to know that the money that's coming isn't from extortion prostitution drugs whatever it is that's a very important point the thing that always amused me of course that everybody said oh bitcoin's all to do with drug money and all this well not really because you can tell exactly where it came from and where it went to um you know which is people think it's anonymous no it's not in the least anonymous um and but you know and when you explain that to people they 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 kind of go oh i didn't know that sorry (laughs) that's why that's why the canadian government can tar dresses because exactly anonymous because they know who it is exactly exactly i mean it's it's, it's part of the 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 fear uncertainty and doubt doubt that's created yeah okay so just it's really fascinating. I mean, I think we could talk for hours on this, but I'm sure um, we could. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, where, where, um, where do people find out more about Scott Coin? What is your, if you were, to, if, if you people were to say, I want to find out more, tell me what's happening in the next twelve months to get me excited. Well, uh, the, the first thing, of course, is to go to our website, which is scottcoinproject.com. 
Um, and uh, you can sign up there and get our email that we send out to you and uh, sign up for Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And that's where that's where we put everything out. So it's all totally transparent. Um, uh, the uh, uh, we will we will be announcing the exact date for uh, uh, the it's called an IEO initial exchange offering. It just means going onto an exchange uh, fairly shortly. Um, and again. I'm always very happy. My my email address is templepatscottcoinproject.com. Anyone's got a question, just send me an email. I'll very happily answer if I can. Um, and um, you know, we'll, we're we're very keen to to bring people on board. That's part of what we do. Um, I spend a lot of time talking to groups of people and to people like yourselves and so on. Um, and I I I. I feel every time I do it, I always feel that the people that I'm talking to are inherently interested and are inherently keen to see something like Scott Coin working well for them within their own country. And that's that's a fantastic feeling, to be honest. I mean, the, the other thing I really like is that whereas, you know, the, the pound is GBP and the dollar is USD and the euro is EUR, well, Scott Coin is SCOT, Scott. And I, you know, that can't, you can't get better than that, really. You know, that's it. You know, we've done it. <laughs> that's pretty good. Jordan is in. You want to ask? Oh, he disappeared. I had it on mute still. <laughs> it's because there's background noise here. I think that rounds it off really nicely. And I will be really interested to read the white paper when it comes out because I'm very, we're very fundamentals based. So, I like reading white papers. I like learning about the tokenomics and where everything goes. So the fact that you're taking time to really research this and write it all down is a good thing in my book. So I'm excited for when that comes out. Thank you. Just I'll just add one little thing there, which you can either use or not. In actual fact, at the point of the IEO, there'll be less than, uh, sorry, there'll be more than 87% uh, of the tokens will be locked. So there's not going to be a huge, uh, huge okay. volume available. Congratulations. And we wish you every success with your initial exchange offering. Um, it's, a, it's a project that we'll now follow and see where it goes. Um, Brilliant. We'll follow you on Twitter. And again, you you share a lot of the same values. As Jordan, as I always say, we, we, pref we preface the podcast we're not financial advisors we don't give financial advice and neither do any of our guests that come on uh, it's all about information and education and i've been educated i've found out something different this morning hey jordan yeah well i'm delighted that's uh, all i can hope for <laughs> tempo wish you all the best with scott coin and thank you so much for all your time and thank you both too thank you bye